Welcome back to Ready Comics Roll, where each week we discuss a topic that involves either comics, tabletop, video games, or any of the other geeky things we all love. So if you enjoy what you're listening to, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Nobody normal ever accomplished anything meaningful in this world. I'm Anthony. Maybe I'll just kill Mike. I'm the chief of police. I could cover it up. I'm Tim. Mornings are for coffee and contemplation. I'm John. And if you read into anything that we just did there, Mike is dead. And we're talking Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> well, with, with I think we well, gave it a good amount of time before... I mean, we're still in July. But I think we gave it a good amount of time for people to get off yeah, their ass and actually two, watch two weeks, season three. Two weeks is good. Yeah. yeah fuck them. All right? <laughs> so just be prepared... There's going to be spoilers, but we're, we are going to try to cover seasons one, two, and three. The good, the bad. I don't think there was too much bad. No, not really. Um, In some kind of order. So if anything, if you haven't seen one or two, shame on you. Right. If you haven't seen three, then, you know, probably skip near the end. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen one, two, or three, this may not be the cast for you. Or it might be, and then go watch them. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So I look at it this way. With season three just kind of just ended, you know, I first and foremost want to say I love this season. I I really I thought that it had a good amount of suspense in this season. Uh, again, the the callbacks and the little hidden Easter eggs and stuff like Terminator. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it it was really cool. I thought it was a good way to continue the story. I don't want to say wrap up anything up, but it was a really good way to kind of like continue the story as they've already done for the past two seasons. No, I absolutely agree. I think the one thing that's really great about this series, besides the fact that it's got everybody playing D&D now, <laughs> is the fact that there's just... Which is funny. I'm actually surprised that no one did a D&D quote just because of the fact that this is the series that's like trying to bring D&D hard back into everyone's I mean, between life. between this and Critical Role. I mean, well, Critical Role is more for, for people that are already into D&D. I definitely think that Stranger Things played a very big role in bringing D&D to the mainstream, to people who either never heard of it or never really interested in it. Even though you only get to see like them play D&D like, in one or two episodes for a very short scene or pretty two. Much. Well, it, it, there was a, a, a pretty much a good part through this entire series. You feel for Will. Just yeah. play Poor a fucking kid just game wants of D&D. <laughs> just like, you, even if you're not into D&D, you're like, just, I'll play D&D with you. I don't, I don't, I don't even care. Like, let's do this. <laughs> Will, let's play D&D. Like, <laughs> that, that's what I have to say, though, is just throughout the entire series, Stranger Things just shits all over Will. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, like, he got shafted the whole first season and just continued yeah. on. Well, I mean, it, it, for, for being such, like, a, a pivotal part in in the series it really does just kind of shit on the little guy because he he's just that he's kind of a tool some people may disagree in it like he he's very much like the uh a piece of the heart of the team he's the flash i i consider (laughs) dustin the heart of the team i would say he kind of comes into that role Probably, or at least fully, by season three. By season three. But that's, that's what I, I think is great. Even starting with like for the for the f- first season where we're introduced to all these children, we get to see this this growth. Not only just you know them as far as their age is concerned, but also as far as characters. I I think it was really good through the the three seasons. You know the it is you're growing up with these kids watching season one to season two to season three. 
you're seeing that their their acting is evolving, and it's really funny too because you know that you see their relationships. You don't just get to see them like on screen, but they're they're growing as actors, so you can tell that their characters are evolving. Oh, yeah, Not just them. Well, but and like... then you also get to see how they grow together, but also, sadly enough, in some respects, they grow apart, which is very much. That's one of the things I really appreciate about Stranger Things, how it takes very real situations, very real uh, topics, and kind of brings it to light. Like, uh, the main thing about season one, really, was about loss. I mean, especially with uh, Joyce and uh, what ends mm. up, unfortunately, happening with Will. I mean, we as the viewers know it's, What's going it, on. it's a crazy conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat government cover-up <laughs> bullshit. But, of course, you know, and that's also... So, I mean, with Will's disappearance, I mean, right <laughs> from the very beginning, what I like about season one is it's more of a thriller. Yes. Each season has its own feel as far as the kind of horror movie that it portrays. And as a horror fan, I, I was just absolutely ecstatic about it. But one definitely played out more like a thriller. It, it Everything plays off, like you're saying, a thriller or some kind of homage to a movie or a lot of horror genre. Lot of horror, a lot of sci-fi. But even, even like season three, you feel like you're... Watching like Red Dawn. Well, no, that was the yeah, beauty. Yeah, that was that. That, that was that. Yeah. Why the whole thing about Russians? <laughs> like you're like, no, they're, they're playing off Red Dawn with this. Like that's what it comes down to. Uh, but I mean, when it even just comes to season one, so you know, we we have the shady government that's trying to cover this up, and we have uh, before we even see the demigorgon, before we see the creature, you just have like these very vague, vague situations where like electricity's f- flaring up, going all over the place, and then you know, Will disappears. He, he like a boss grabs a rifle, cocks that thing, he's ready to shoot. Oh, yeah. And then gets blindsided, and then he's gone. And then that's part of the, We get introduced to so many characters right off the bat that way. Like like your favorite, Hopper. And you just see... Like, I think Hopper's a great character, okay? <laughs> he is, he is. Uh, the, if we, he's just like this kind of drunk slob cop. And he, he, he turns... He, he grows on you, though. He, he, oh, yeah. he, he grows on you... You were saying to no, 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 no. Go ahead. Um, it, it, he he grows on you. Now, I I will say this though: like he goes from drunk slob cop to drunk slob dad. Mm-hmm. But there, there's an endearing part to him as he makes that transition. And then you, you know what I mean. I mean, you also they do such a good job of kind of going into exposition, going into backstory without really dragging on with it. So you kind of understand why he the way he is. I mean, you, you I mean, within the first few episodes, you find out about the the loss of his daughter. And right, how it kind of plays that off, and then I mean, uh, again, a huge theme with the first season being lost, and that can really affect you in major ways, such as how we see it affects you know Hopper in his daily life, who the person he's become, uh, Joyce, as we see her kind of descent into what appears to be madness, but isn't quite. But um, like the whole thing with the the lights, so again, because we were introduced before they actually called the upside down until probably midway through, he's in this parallel dimension to our own. And the way he's able to communicate is kind of the same way as the creature does to where he can kind of affect electricity. Poltergeist. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Again, a callback to right. Poltergeist. This yeah. is a great way. So, so you see the... the just cl- keep on going. I'll just throw out like 80s movies. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> like the, the, the classic little scenes where like uh, she go ahead and decides to take the Christmas lights and she writes on the wall. Right, a very right. iconic scene. A lot of people know, even if you haven't seen the actual series. And but it, it's very interesting because then she like she hears his voice, she sees him in places, and again it's it's a callback to what real loss is like. I know like after I lost my dad, 
I can remember several times not long after where I would see his face in a crowd and it would just like be so surreal and you you just know that person's gone but you still can't shake that feeling. Other people are thinking you're crazy, but it's it's part of the process, right? And that, these are the the, the things that uh, I think make such a me- uh, media as uh, television shows or even like Netflix series like Stranger Things so powerful because so they have that opportunity to kind of convey that. Absolutely. Um, I look at it this way. That with, since we are kind of covering or going into it with season one, you know, you have – it sets up a lot of great characters, a lot of stuff. You have these teens and tweens and stuff like that and young kids going through everything. You get your experience with D&D to, you know, all the way into later seasons, your your summer loves and everything like that and crazy stuff that's going on. Did you – have like obviously i i like hopper did you have a character right off the bat that you were like this is a character that i really like and i hope that they develop like really well i actually really like jonathan despite some of the creeper vibes he had right off the bat yeah i was never a fan of him even to this day Oh, uh, see, well, yeah. But for me, it's just like I, some of, some of what he was going through, some of what he had to do. You know, having to pick up the slack, having to be the person that kind of took care of his family, the one who didn't really get an opportunity to have much of a life in, in his early age. I could identify with that. Uh, I mean, I, I've been through a very similar situation, so I get. I think that's what it comes down to. Some people can uh, vibe with certain characters based on their own experiences. But yeah, but I'm not an alcoholic. A well, little bit. I'm, <laughs> I'm not an alcoholic father. <laughs> yeah. There's still time. Yeah. I'm lead to the other. I'm working on it, sir. No. But I mean, the, it, it, not, not maybe like blow for blow, but there's definitely, like I said, there's, some, there's certain aspects of characters that resonate with you. And that, for me, that, that was Jonathan. You know, he had to be, he was his brother's keeper who right. now is unfortunately missing. And now he feels horrible because he kind of feels like it was his fault. And now he's got to try and help his keep his mother together as she's kind of going right down her descent. So yeah, and then like I said, through the progress of the actual story, just kind of being that 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 kind of center. Right. What about you, Tim? Uh, well, I have to agree with you. Mainly, Hopper was my favorite. He, and he still is. He, he brought and and I don't mean to cut you off, but I think you'll agree. Like he brought that level of centralized comedy. You know what I mean? Oh, to, yeah. to it a lot of times that had to do, but like aged humor. Yeah. You know what I mean? As an adult where he's going over certain things, like that's what it is. But sorry to cut you off. But aside from him, I really started to like Steve's character. So did I. He grows on you. Steve is the shit. Steve, Steve grew from like, for me, from the character I was like, all right, Steve isn't that bad. Season three, I was like, I hope he wins everything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's also a good point. And you have all these tropes. So you have like Lucas, Dustin, um, Will, and uh, Mike. Yeah. They're, they're kind of like the losers club. Uh, they're, they're the metaphor for that as far as like it. Also like Stand By Me. Just so a lot of different kind of movies from that time where it's just these group of kids that, you know, are kind of shunned and bullied. They kind of come together and they stick together. They they have this fellowship, so to speak. I I, I will say this though, like uh, I'm I'm trying to look evenly throughout the characters, the main cast. I'm I'm not talking about the ones that are added in later. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Levin, obviously great character, been there throughout, has had a lot of growth. Mike, from season one to season three, I'm kind of looking at this as the bit the big character. I've started to dislike his character. Through most of the part, yeah. he's just the love struck puppy. 
Like that's that's his that, entire his role. whole story. Yeah, does revolve just around right. him and Eleven, it, and that's he the puts is. he puts a lot of emotional connection f- for this puppy love. Like when he talks about like Levin with small group and being like, "I love her." Like you really feel for it, but the rest of the time, to me, I'm like, "Eh, Three whatever." Inches. Will, 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 we've already kind of covered. I feel like Will has gotten the, the, the stick end of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Through it. Lucas, I also feel is just kind of there most of the time. I think Dustin has <laughs> well, had some of the best, like, Lucas, stuff. Lucas served as, as the, the, the skeptic. That's what he was. He was the right. one that kind of always questioned everything. He tried to always look at things from a logical standpoint. <laughs> no, and as I, they were all being emotional and trying to. No, and I get that. And he's there. He's also like supportive friend and stuff like that. But I just don't feel like I don't really see a, a true growth. Maybe I'm missing something. You know what I mean? His biggest growth is that he got a girlfriend. Well, no, that also <laughs> again he he also he mellowed out more. He he was a lot more open minded. Over time than he was in the very first mm-hmm. season. The very first season, which is always odd to me I'm because the whole D&D and them loving sci-fi and fantasy so much, yeah. for him to be so, no, this is not possible, was kind of struck me as odd. And he was more active with everything that was essentially going on in the story of that group than any of the other characters. Because certain times, certain characters had to leave or go away. Right. He was always there. Well, he was, but I felt like a lot of times he was just a character in the background. Yeah, that's that's all I'm trying to portray is the fact that like, he hit every monster in every season with a rock from his sling or his uh, what do you call it? His uh, rocket, his wrist uh, rocket, wrist rocket, yes, wrist rocket. He got he, uh, he right. Got no, fair enough. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that. So you pointed out something to me with that. I like I said, I just the, I I guess for Lucas, I just don't feel like they've given him enough. No. Dustin, I've liked what they've gone with that character. They've done a lot with his character. He's had a lot of growth, and they've done a lot of main story stuff with him ever since. Yeah. For season one, to you know, just how he has his personality mm-hmm. and how much influence he has on you know even taking home a baby Demi Gordon. Dog. Right. <laughs> I always like that. That was that, that was a great. We'll get to that with season two because that was that was a, a great little uh, aspect of yeah. that season. But uh, I, I will admit though, the two characters that I like the least in the show is uh, Jonathan and Nancy. I, I, I dislike them. I, the I, most. I, I can see why. I think I think that a lot of times they are the most pointless characters in there, except for the fact that like they they to me they they're they're like uh, I'm trying to think of like a Goonies reference where they should have been there and been like we're family members, but then like never really seen from or they are Josh Brolin and that other but character. Josh Brolin, he. he he played more of a role. Like, he was at least there. Like, I don't want Nancy and Jonathan to be there. I want them to be, I want them to be the, the, the jock people who like were, hey, we'll, we'll let you up if, if you go on a date with us. And they're like, well, fuck you. And then they take the rope away. Like, <laughs> I want them to be like, no, I don't, I don't want you to be here at all. But I mean, that, that was another thing when we're talking about tropes. That was the whole thing with Nancy and Steve. You know, she was, at least what people believe, the prissy, 
princess that yeah that was British now princess and that is now dating the again mm. the most popular jock uh, kind of character, which was Steve. He was kind of that prick mm -hmm. that uh, you're just like ah oh, fuck this guy to begin with. Yeah, he's then, the prick that everyone loved though, like brutal love at least. Not so much in the first season. In the first no, season, first yeah. season, no. But I, I think near the end of the first season, yes. Yeah, no, exactly my yeah. point. So because then but that was that that was the role of his story. I, I really appreciated that though because you think that he's just into her because he just wants to get in her pants because you know that's kind of was the deal. I mean, even to this day, that's how some guys in in high school are. Yeah. But you're gonna find out. No, he genuinely actually cares about her. You know, right. he's willing to even change who he is and how he acts. To, he tries to better himself is actually probably yeah, the better he, explanation it, it of it. A very endearing for figure. Her. Like, right. Yeah. Who gets shafted every season. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. He finally finds, which by the way, I know I'm cutting back into season three. I love Robin. We, we, yeah. I love Robin, alright? Robin is a badass character. And I was so hoping, but I read it like a book. I'm going to be like... Something's gonna happen, and I I wasn't thinking lesbian at the time, <laughs> but at the same, it turned out to be that, and I'm all like, I knew it was gonna be something to screw over Steve. She is still a great character, but I was just like, I agree with Dustin. I think they would have made a great couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that that was that was a that was a great scene too, where it's just like, I you know, I finally found this uh, great girl in. <laughs> She's everything that I I thought I was looking or didn't realize I was looking for and just came to be and she's so great and she does this and blah 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 and it's just like oh oh no and you feel for him you feel for her too you feel oh, for her in No that no way. no I know I'm going to bring this up now as a matter of fact cuz I'm you want to talk about people who got the shaft that, 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 that I'm pissed off about we'll start with Benny the actual the the uh, diner shop owner like, you only get him for a few moments, but already he seems like this amazing character that you wish you could have got more of. He's the one that takes an 11, because she's the one that's stealing the fries off the plate. And he's oh, like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, hey, hey, hey. And then he's getting her to actually communicate. Like, he was kind of already the first figure that, almost kind of father figure, that was kind of caring for. He's like, all right, I'll get you some ice cream, but you got to learn to communicate. And he generally was trying to help her out. But then trying to do the right thing, he got dicked over. Mm -hmm. Evil government or uh, organization finds out where she's at, where she escaped to. Blow, bullet to the head. And this is what he gets. And I then had a plays feeling that that was gonna happen. Like, oh, it, no, it, you, everybody saw it a mile away, but that doesn't change the fact that he got fucking shafted. Like it, Tim. It, I don't know. You, you tell me. Hmm. There are certain scenes that play out in Stranger Things that they're because it's so built into the trope of what those. Movie references are in house scenes and everything like that. It's telegraphed. It is. It's a very oh, yeah. telegraphed. If you if you've watched a lot of eighties movies and stuff like that, you're like this. Is, that's why I could tell Steve, you're doing great. I hope you end up with Robin. Something's no. gonna screw that. Like you're literally no. the guy over the corner. Like something's gonna fuck this up. <laughs> like you know that's what's gonna happen every time. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, you just have it. I, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head of just like when I knew it was going to happen, but it, most of it was telegraphed. You're absolutely right. Just because you grew up in the 80s, you watched all these 80s movies, and it's just a hit effect to it. It really is. What about awesome. hashtag justice for Barb? Another character that got completely oh, screwed yeah. over. There you go. The best friend of Nancy, the one who was really just kind of looking out for her, saying, you know, you're changing this, you're not being the kind of person that you were. And she's 
Taken out by Demogorgon almost immediately. That's because you never stay anywhere alone. It's a... Yes, yes. Yes and no. Uh, I mean, if, if you are isolated, yes, then you're kind of screwed. But typically, which is why it's like, eh, depending on the horror movie, most horror movies, the trope is... Slashers. If you're, if you're the... Oh, but you know what? That's why. So, she broke one of the rules. I remember now. She shotgunned the, the beer. If you drink... That's right. If you drink, then you're a goner. It's just... It's, she it, would have been fine until she shotgunned the... It, it, it's all the, um, you know, Jason Voorhees... It's the rules. It, she broke the rules. If you, if, if you have sex... If you imbibe alcohol or drugs of any kind, or drugs of any kind, and you're underage, you're gonna. Or die. if oh, you say okay. the word, or you say the words, "I'll be back," or "Hey, is that you?" or "Let what me go check that out noise? that sound." Yes, <laughs> yeah. those those are basically the, the three rules. And, you're gonna die. And you, you go alone. That's the part is you do that stuff and you go alone. You're gonna die. I mean, you look at it this way though. When you think about it, first season only two people died. Benny and, uh, and Barb. 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 Only two people who died. I mean, aside oh, oh, from the nameless people who... <laughs> I'm just saying, you, you jumped to season, you know, All the three, people. 50 plus people died. I, I would say probably more died, oh, not more in general, but more than you realize in season one, because you got to remember all the, the special ops people that got completely um, murked by the... But that's what I'm saying, like, yeah, countless number that. of people who die in that, you know, scenario. The very first up. scene that we get, I think, in Stranger Things is actually uh, the Demigorgon getting unleashed. We don't ever see it, but we just see the guy screaming, running for his life. He makes it to the elevator, and then you just hear the snarl, and then it cuts away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, no, there's definitely... Again, there's definitely lots of death in the first season. Mm-hmm. But as far as, like, characters that we are at least introduced to, yeah. There's only two this, this time around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean... Well, three if you count fucking asshole, you know, Dr. Martin Brenner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm your father, even though I stole you from your real mother and subjected you to countless forms of torture just to go ahead and build up your telekinetic powers. So, what's it? That was a good part in season one, since we're kind of talking about the connection to Eleven. The, The family members that she kind of finds in the city. Mm-hmm. Her family quote on, you know, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh with the kids other the other kids with powers and stuff like that. Yeah. Which I would love to kind of see more stuff with that. They are doing that somewhat in the comics. So I would definitely recommend anybody to pick up the Stranger Thing comics cuz they do cover uh, they at least reference. I'm not sure if they show any of the other additional children, but they do talk about it. Right. Versus two, season uh, two, where we actually see, I believe it's six. Yeah. Is who we see? Yeah. But it's if interesting. It's, if it's it's very interesting to see though. They all have something involving the mind, as far as power is concerned. Well, that 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 goes back to the whole like what's it, 60s and 70s <clears throat> uh, psychotropic, psychotropic. Drug. Like that's mm-hmm. what ushered it into this, which was a reference to very real experiments that occurred. Mm-hmm. There was governments that were uh, the, the, our government was uh, doing a lot of those experiments, trying to see if they can unlock the potential of the human mind yeah. by subjecting people to psychotropic drugs like that and so on. Go watch Tropic Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Tropic Thunder, uh, Pineapple no. Express. Pineapple Express. There you go. That's what I was thinking. I was just thinking something with Tom Cruise where his character for Tropic Thunder is supposed to be like coming back. Or something. <laughs> That's why I was thinking that. But no, it's supposed to be <laughs> uh-huh. Pineapple Express. Um, but yeah, no, like the, 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 it's a very real scenario that, or not real scenario, but 
the everything that they painted with like this government involvement and everything like this in this small town in what Wisconsin or something like um, that, you know? Where was it? It was West Coast. It was uh, well, they were near Illinois uh, yeah. because that's where they ran off to. I think in season three. So I'm trying to remember exactly what town. I know it's not too far from there. Right. Idaho. Me. Or Wisconsin, yeah. something like that. that. That's what I'm saying. Like, everything everything kind of ha- happens over there, almost like close to like the Midwest. You know what I mean? But then, of course, uh, Sean Ashton playing uh, Bob. Bob Newby. Bob the, the Brain. He, Talk about another person who got shafted. He was, but you know what, though? He knew he wasn't going to make it anyways. It was another one of those scenarios where it's just like, he's such a good guy. He's perfect for but then, this scenario. then they did the very tropey thing, too, where he makes it out, and you're like, yay, he finally made it! And then, and then surprise tackle. Yeah. And murder. Fair enough. Toy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I, I agree. He kind of did get shafted. It, I, it probably would have been better if he had a better death. Fuck you. It, 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 no, no, I agree. better if he wouldn't have died, period. <laughs> no, I mean, when you have other characters that you actually feel a bit more when they die, yeah. like Billy. <laughs> saying, that, that was actually Billy's death. That, like, he, he was, he's one of those characters that you're like, man, no, he's a dick. I hope he gets it. You know what I mean? And then everything near the end, you're like, oh, man, fuck. Billy went through some shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's that's what I figured was going to happen because typically when you have people that are that messed up, there's something that pushed them to that point. It was it's, a Power Rangers movie. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. Touche. You know, I, I, I'm so glad I connected that one. <laughs> I did not realize that that was the kid in the new yes, Power he's the Rangers Red Ranger. movie. And then I, it find, like, it dawned on me and I'm all like, wait, he was the Red Ranger, right? And I'm all like, that's why he's a tool in this. <laughs> That's why he has so much scar tissue. Uh, but I would it's t- not the issues with his father. <laughs> his mother left him for the movie. I'd <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, say Speaking of frustration, though, with people that got trapped, but when it came to season one, like you wanted so badly for people to believe Joyce and believe that Will's still alive, and then they, they had the bullshit, like fake dead body that was in the water. They, they, they end up finding, but like, mm-hmm. the, no, they, nobody was allowed to look at it. And then even at that point, it was starting not to sit very well with Hopper. And that, that's kind of where we get like to see uh, some of the more aspects of Hopper I really enjoy. The fact that he, he is actually quite smart at picking these things up. and he's He really has good. a true cop's intuition. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, or even further than that. I mean, he would actually make for a great detective even. Yeah. Although, the obviously, in, in season three, they show that Joyce... Is really good More, at being, yeah. Like, she's she's like definitely better at putting her, pieces together. Her research and how she conducts herself to like basically build it. Like she has a hunch, she goes with it, and she tries every every avenue to to work piece it that, together. No, yeah. definitely. But I, I do like uh, Hop's approach to getting things done. It's like, oh, if this isn't working my way. Brute force it. Yep, yep. And it works every time. Well, not just that. His his like reverse psychology. Get the, like, let me, he's red forming. Let me, I'm gonna put my foot up your ass. Get the hell out of here. Go away. They'll be coming back. They always come back. What happens? They come I'm back. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's great. I felt like a lot of times that when I was watching it, even though this takes place in the 80s, I felt like I was watching a little bit of that 70s show. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, because, I mean, you have certain aspects, uh, uh, again, we're talking about, like, psychotropic drugs and everything else that plays off of that. That's why I think the first season definitely plays more heavily on, like, 70s, 80s, as to where, you know, season three is just pure, like, unadulterated, the 80s. Right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, but, I mean, again, here you go, another reference. So, I mean, when the, when the government finally is able to track down L or Eleven, but they, she goes, end up going with L for short... We get that kind of ET scene where they kind of have her on the mic uh, and trying to get oh, her out of there. Yes. And then she's just like tele- telekinetic paunch. I and almost forgot the flip about of the that. Van. That Instead of flying off, it's like, no, you fuckers are going to go flying. Yeah, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, see, I haven't re- rewatched the last two seasons. Aside from the third one, so yeah, that 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 was what like I I, I binge watched like when it first came out. Um, me and I think Mike before Tim killed him. Uh, <laughs> we we like binge watched like season one because that's when I was still like me and him had uh, an apartment, and then uh, like season two I think like I watched. You binged that by yourself in your room. Yeah, pretty much. And then I didn't mean to say it like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that sounded uh, a little inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then uh, season three, I watched that like basically all of July fourth. Uh, in in I was like texting back and forth with uh one of my friends, and because she was going through the episodes too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right. Yeah, cool. no, I I binge watched the crap out of season one. Uh, then I was supposed to watch season two, um, with Alejandra, but we just never found the time to do so. And then she wasn't, she wasn't always interested in watching it at the time we would get a chance. So it came to a point when season three finally came out. I'm like, crap, I need, I need to watch all of this. Like I need to play catch up because I really want to see season three because it looks really interesting. So I kind of just binge watch all season two and three kind of back to back, which I usually don't do, but it it, it played, I think it worked out really well. To kind of do it to do it that way, I would, I would highly recommend it if you somehow have the time. Hey, I, I'm normally I'm noted for watching like when Game of Thrones was coming out. Every new season, I would binge watch like the other seasons leading up to it, just because that is the ritual. A lot of people do that for that. This one, I don't know why I did, but like because I love the series. But either way, well, Tim, they didn't what about kind of just drop it on us. To be honest, I didn't. I didn't know it was coming out. To be honest, no, yeah, you know what? For whatever reason, I don't think I picked up on the commercials for. They, season they said three. they were doing three, but not until it was already close to July fourth that they actually drop a date. Right, that's yeah. what it was. So I mean, you really, unless you knew about it, like right when they announced, like, hey, it's going to be dropping out, and you can just binge watch the, like the few days before it actually dropped. Yeah, I, I had no way of doing that. But it's I, normally how I get a Marvel series. Like that's what I did for <laughs> Jessica Jones. But I watched. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, each season I just binge watched two days, split it up in half, and I got knocked out when they actually would come out with the new season every time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 consumable. It's it's like just under eight hours. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Well, for this season, the other two were ten. Right? Mm, no, they I tenth, think they were all eight. Pretty sure they were ten. Tenth? I don't remember the number off the top of my head. They're they're not long. I just remember the enjoyment that still... they brought me. Yeah. Maybe even even if that's so, even if it's just under ten hours for the other seasons, then since, since we kind of started with like your favorite character, when your favorite your favorite character can carry from season to season, 
I, th- I think we should do who's your least favorite character from said season that. to season. That's fine if you want to stick to Jonathan through all three seasons. No, no, <laughs> I think Jonathan and Nancy. And Nancy, okay, so it's... The uh, no, I, I'm straight up. My two favorite characters, which makes it hard because Dustin is also, like, an awesome character. Like, Hopper, uh, Dusty, and uh, uh, Steve, especially the Steve-Dusty combo, yeah. is is awesome you know what i mean um in the least favorite characters are jonathan and nancy every single season for me that's that's huge every i was gonna say the, the person i probably dislike the most uh through probably i wouldn't say most of the seasons maybe not every single season um would have to be uh i would say mike's dad Mike's dad. Mike's dad's Mike's dad's there. A, he's just such a useless piece of shit. He, he's just he's there. Such an asshole. He's a great dad, apparently. Yeah. No, he's an awful dad. What do you mean? Like the, the only, the only, the only child he seems to care about is the, is their the youngest daughter. Like the other two kids is like, hey, what? Where? Where's Mike? Or where's Nancy? He's like, fuck if I know. And then at one point, even Dustin even says, he's like, you're just fucking useless, aren't you? And he's like, hey. Is <laughs> he, he actually swears at Yeah. Just... Shrugs it off. Oh, God. He's just so awful. I don't know. I still count that as a better character than John and Nancy. <laughs> yes, yes. We were established. The McFeels. father. I don't know. What about you, Tim? I don't know. <laughs> actually, at this point, I think uh, Anthony got it right on the head. <laughs> I was thinking about the characters, and I'm like, well, the only ones that really we see that haven't, you know, that we talked about too much are the, you know, Nancy's parents, and they're both kind of useless. I, I, I always forget it because, you know, he played a little bit, was it, did he play it in season one? Who? But, um, what's his name? Murray? No, he was not in season one. He was not in season one. Yeah, season but two. he's a great character. Oh, yeah. he, like he, his, he was, he was his, a surprise character. His his uh, his like fanaticism and like conspiracy theory, like to the funny. max, like nth level. In when you see this entire thing, you're like, totally fucking has reason to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he's great, especially in season three. Yeah, in season three it was freaking he shined. In that oh one. yeah, season three was so and good. Smirnoff. Yeah, <laughs> him and the Russian scientist. That that was another duo that was like oh awesome. Oh, uh, speaking of, again of, of since we brought people that got shafted, Doctor Doctor Alexei uh, Smirnoff. Yeah, he, all he wanted to do was live. All he wanted to do well, was live I, life. He wanted to live the American dream, and he at least got a tiny taste of it yeah. before Terminator just like blah blah. Yeah, I know. Jeez, that guy was a beast. He was Terminator a, was such a beast. Oh, Carrie, Carrie, man. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, Carrie. Uh, I'm going to butcher his last name. I want to say Ulysses. Uh, but from the guy from Princess Bride. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Carrie Ulysses. Uh, I'm butchering his last name. I'm sure of it. He was such a, a, a character that you love to hate versus just hate to hate in season three, mm-hmm. being introduced as the mayor. But like you said, he nailed it right on the head by calling him the Terminator. Yeah. Because that's kind of what Grigori was. He was that character. You remind right? me, yeah, of a Russian Terminator. So, okay, so, so we, we, yeah, we got a joke. We've slightly, you know, we've covered a lot on season one. I we think get, we get Will back. You and he ends up right. up the thing, which is a lead into where you know it's not over. And we get season two, right? See, I mean, season two though. Here's the thing, and I'm going to be honest about this. I can't recall a lot from season two. Like I remember season one pretty well. Season two, I think, was a little bit flatter for me. 
And then season three, maybe because it's a little bit fresher. But the other thing, too, is I have a lot of enthusiasm for season three because I thought it was a really good season. Yeah. Um, Season one and season three are kind of where I'm battling for which season is the best. Well, that's weird because I would really feel I really feel like each season was better than the last. I feel like each one they really were basically it was it was building up momentum. Is what I feel. I feel like they were hitting, hitting their stride. They well, were don't, don't get me wrong. I know for a fact that season two, I didn't dislike season two. Yeah, I'm just looking at it from like season one, season two. I can't remember as much. So I there have to as many things it. that there wasn't as many things that were memorable, and I think that's because season one again was the introduction the, to a lot set of characters. The bar. Yes, yeah, and then the, the, the Demi Gorgon was an epic, uh, uh, an epic foe, and he was so cute as a little puppy. Aww. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the thing. Is, is, so season season two, we're introduced to the the Demi Doggos. Yes, and they just really weren't as big of a threat. And then we have the the shadow the shadow monster. Yeah. Who ends up possessing Will, which led to a very interesting kind of uh, dynamic and how that turned out. But it's still that particular season, yeah, having that villain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I like that. I, I like that you're keeping in that, keeping up. Got to pop it out all the, the, but, the but, classic series. Let's go. But if, with that whole hive mind aspect, it, it made for an interesting tale, but not for like an, a really serious villain. And also for the fact that uh, Eleven didn't play as big of a role. And the involvement of a lot was going on till near near the very end because right. her whole I need to get away, you know, I, I've been stuck in this house. You won't let me free. You keep telling me I can go, but I can't go anywhere. So she rebels and she tries to find her mom, her actual birth mother. Right. So what you end up finding out how she got completely dicked over by Brenner, who, you know, got completely eviscerated well, by that, that, I, that I do remember. I remember at least in season two there was there was given a lot of exposition on uh L. And you you finally kinda get to her backstory. Really like know her backstory. Her. And that's also where she meets six, because then also we're cut to this other scene where we see the these um these young like uh uh punks but I mean like punk isn't like Rock punk versus punks right. like yeah you punk kids same difference they yeah. look like little punk kids yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you see this awesome scene where like as they're getting away she just says boom and then you kind of see like a Goes bridge a kind of yeah. yeah a bridge kind of falls <laughs> apart but then you find out it was all in the dude's mind and then you see the tattoo six yeah you're like oh so that was really neat we get that introduction into the other children that were experimented on right so I think that was a very great way of kind of tying in like you said into her past learning more about her but also kind of helping her grow because then she gets to learn about like the sister that she basically never knew she had right so so but for okay so obviously for me like i said i kind of had this like season one was really high season two not as high not as memorable season three it kind of worked its way back up there so anthony has kind of said even though he's contradicting himself with memorable moments uh that it was season one to season two to season three it's a ramp up I'm not going to discredit that. That's fair. Tim, what about you, though? How did you feel within the three seasons that we've captured this so far? I felt each season had a different feel to it. Like, yes. season one was more towards suspense and horror, and it had it held more to that horror th- like theme. Mm-hmm. Season two, not as much. I felt it was doing more pave, more groundwork for like more of the world. It was more was. sci-fi. I, I think it was more sci-fi. sci-fi. It was more sci-fi. Yeah. Supernatural. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. That's what I loved about all three seasons. Each one was like a different style of horror film. But how did, it, how did it impact you? Like, what was it, you know, and like I said, Anthony had this like ramp up of a, a I don't want to say emotion, but 
this uh, this rating, like, you know, seasons were kind of building and growing and getting a little bit better. I don't I don't agree that they got, personally, I don't agree that they got better. I loved season three the best, but I felt two just kind of flattened out. It was just so not that it, far from my. Yeah. We we want to know we want to know in the the comment section below though. How did you guys feel from season one to season two to season three? Like, did you feel that you know one was better than the other? Did you feel like it was ramping up to more greatness? Did you feel like they had a law in season two? Like, we we really would love to know that. Well, I think the reason why I put so much emphasis on two being slightly better than the first one is again because of the character development. The character development in season two was huge. Although one kind of established, uh, one established characters. Two's where we got the start of Steve really being the Steve that everybody kind of loves. That is true. And that's also where... Billy and Max. Yes, which were great characters. Mad Max. She's the one that was beating all of the scores Mm -hmm. and the boys were like, no way! Mm -hmm. There's your next one, Mad Max. (laughs) I, I think they did a great, like... That is something that... That was our introduction to Murray. Right. <laughs> Which we didn't realize was going to be a bigger character. We thought it was a joke character at first. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so this is what I have noticed with, with uh, Stranger Things and their writing. They, you know, We had these cast of characters in season one. They did really well at introducing them. And then into season two, you kind of have this, like... I don't want to say full fulfillment, but excellent character growth and like great exposition by the time it gets to season two in season two they establish newer characters and then they do the same thing into say season three like they do a really good job at introducing these characters and then feeding you more the next season Mm -hmm. i will say i'm very surprised the direction they took with the government entity and two with them being not as much the bad guys like, you see Hop work and Joyce working with them. You know, they're keeping up their end of the bargain. Like, hey, you don't try to murder us and everybody that live in this town, and we'll keep your secret. And even then, they, they allow Will to be monitored because mm-hmm. they want to go ahead and see, like, what he went through. They're still studying the Upside Down in a more controlled, what they believe to be safer environment, even though they probably still shouldn't have been fucking with shit they don't know. Right. It's neither here nor there. But that's why I was also surprised because having Paul Reiser being Dr. Owens – Paul Reiser, typically, at least in a sci-fi or horror film, the second I see him, I'm like, I don't trust this fucker. (laughs) I immediately think, because he typically, he plays the the conniving bad guy. Yeah, he plays a scumbag, like, who who, who you think a lot of times is like, no, 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 we're going to get this done. We're going to, we're going to make sure everything's okay. But what he's not telling you is, it's going to be okay for us. Yes. Not not for you. But I don't care about you. But that's what was interesting, because that's not kind of how he was in this one. Yeah. He really was, honestly, trying to... Complete the research that was before them, but without completely dicking over or being a complete asshole or being shysty right. about it. They have their their bags of characters because you know, you know, like your bags of characters where you're like, okay, well, this isn't that bad. This kind of breaks away a little bit of the trope, but then you know, some of them die, some of them get away. They get away, whatever. I going back to what I was saying about like developing good characters and stuff like that, Max. And uh, we ha- if we talk about Max, you have to talk about Billy. You do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have Max and Billy. Max introduced, you know, in season two, you have a little bit of, like, real introduction. Okay, here, there, there. She's kicking everyone's ass. You know she's a badass right from the start. And then you go into, like, season three. Uh, you know, she's a little bit more grounded, a little bit more centric with the group. And she mm-hmm. becomes, like, Elle's best friend. 
and you see the the tween little like let's the get drama, back yeah, yeah. Like, the, the girl drama. <laughs> but that was like what's that. cool too is because that's what they do. They kind of show you adolescence. They show you kind of yes. the, that that growing up and kind of the phases that you know of being a kid and becoming more of an adult. But, but the the <laughs> great thing is about Max is she's that one friend in the group. <laughs> That knows more adult shit than everybody yeah. else. And she's also the enabler. Yes. She, she, is, she is the instigator. Yes. So yes that's part of the reason why you love her. That, exactly. You have to like her character for that. And the fact that you're immediately drawn to having her directly connected to basic, you know, the big bad in season three. Even though he's a fucking tool. And he's a tool no matter what. I mean, look at him in Power Rangers. He's a tool. <laughs> but... You know, you go through and you're, you're hoping that everything's okay for Billy, even though you, for, you know, two seasons, you were like, I hope he gets freaking fucking rock socks. Yeah. yeah. Like, jeez, like, hey, I just hope this guy gets stuck. Well, I mean, season two with his introduction, he, they introduced him as this unstoppable badass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause even then, he's just like, you know what? You're, oh, I heard Steve, you're, you're the king. Uh, used to be the Mike's king. Mike's mom is hot. <laughs> well, we were we were we were gonna touch on that. We were gonna touch on that because the funny thing is, uh, it's a lot of fun now. Because actually, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say I was I was gonna be kind of I was gonna be a little mad at Karen for infidelity. Yeah. At the same time, then I just look at her fucking asshole piece of shit husband, and I'm like, I can't. They painted him really well as a family guy. Like he's sitting there, he's like, I'm home. I go to work. I'm here for the family. Even if it is, and he like, wasn't there for the family. He was sitting on the. He was sitting in his lazy boy chair, like almost all the time. His ass was pretty much macrameated to that chair, listen, if not at the dinner table, no, or he, if not he, at work. He, he was with the kid, like when she's out and about and stuff like that. He's still home uh, with his daughter. With with his yes, with his youngest daughter. Again, I will at least give Matt with his youngest Mike, daughter. Mike screws off with his girlfriend. Like whatever. Not He's for the a, first season. Whatever. No, I will say this though: the season three did a really good job. Of taking characters that you might have liked and made you not like them as much. Mike became a little shit in season three. That's what I'm saying. I, I wasn't like, I'm like, man. And I he, know you had his good points where he's like confessing his love, but then he's like, like the he's, rest he's, of it, you're he's, like, he's, you're... he's instigating uh, Hopper. He's like whispering shit to L. I wanted to, little, I wanted to, in the words of Red Foreman, and I just wanted to put my foot in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> that little Come here, shit. dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, dumbass. Like, I felt for Hopper during the entire thing for season three. Boy, at the same time, Hopper, Hopper, he had his moments too where he was kind of abusive. In in a sense, yeah, super controlling dad. Yeah, not only just that, also the way he treated Joyce. Like Joyce had the right to go ahead and date or be with whoever she wanted to, but he automatically assumed like she was trying to talk to other guys and all. And like, oh, you just made up the magnet thing because you don't want to go out with me on a date. That's like a very like weird controlling. Yeah, he's very like insecure and controlling. Yeah, and I, now I, you're making me not. Do, fuck you, man. No, that was that, that was season three. <laughs> that was that was season three. Steve's so. my favorite character. <laughs> that's, that's that's what happened with season three, though. Steve, Steve is such a kind-hearted, goofball guy. Grows like, on you. Grows. Yeah, was Steve. Yes, yeah, Steve was probably the best of them from season one. He was kind of like, oh fuck this guy. He won a fight. Yeah, he, he finally won a fight. That was great. Oh, you know, I I could I could take him, 
But you know, you got, you gotta you gotta win a fight first to be able to like you know say that you can take. Screw it, let's go on that. So yeah. <laughs> so with the end of season two is basically Elle finally does come back. Yeah. She closes the gate using all of her yeah. power and the big shadowy bad's almost able to breach through. Yeah. Unfortunately again they get we got we got the death of uh, Bob the Brain. Yeah. Sean Essence. Sam Sam died. But then uh, well, that's where we kind of go into season three. Season three we see a scene where we see somebody. We kind of assume at first, but I think at least I knew it wasn't going to be the same government from before because they got chased out thanks to Nancy and Jonathan and Murray. It's yeah, cool. no, I still think they that, got they, they got chased out. Like I understand that they're the Scooby Gang, but it, it, they feel like so. Eh, so we know it's we know like, it's we know it's not. You could just basically not have them there and it feels like it's just as good with detective work from fucking hopper and joyce, and joyce. Like, magnum pi <laughs> yeah like to uh, have two sides of the story instead of three <laughs> yeah uh but the but the, I, I think three is probably the best for jonathan and nancy at least for some of the horror aspects they kind of that's what they get into they're usually stuck in the middle of some really horrible shit where they have to they're stuck like beating ass i mean i give it to nancy she is a badass. She's like the only one who knows how to use a gun properly. Mm. You know what I mean? So well, that's because that's she's more of a ranger. Jonathan's more of a melee fighter. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I would call him maybe a cleric. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. That, He's a battle cleric. Just say there you go. I wouldn't call him a battle anything, but I'd call him a cleric. <laughs> hey, he, he's won more fights than Steve. That's true. That's, that is true. But that's because Steve's the bard. <laughs> oh, you know what? No, I, I cannot deny that. that. There you go. That's good. That was Steve very is good. The bard, he was. He absolutely wow. the was. The hair, the story, the charisma. Oh my god! Yeah, the bard. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of that sooner. Bravo! Yeah. Bravo. <laughs> so, see, that, but that's, that's exactly right. again. So season three, you know, it's you know, loves in the air. So Mike is spending all this time with L. They're making out constantly. Yeah. It's driving Lucas hot with crazy Max for most of it. And then poor Will just wants to play some fucking D and and Dustin's coming back. Yeah. So, and then the, but then the one thing. Oh yeah. Then then him talking about his his girlfriend that nobody that believes. <laughs> I have cerebro. I, that's how I'm able to talk to my Mormon girlfriend. What are Mormons? Okay. So <laughs> that that is one thing that I I, I did uh, get wrong in like my my train of thinking. Like I'm going through this. You season. thought it really was a fake girlfriend? No. Oh, okay. I thought it was Lucas's sister. <sighs> no, I knew it wasn't that. Well, I'm like, mm, this is because. How they are sometimes together, like not, not anyway, but she's so smart. Yes. She's so capable. Yes. She's into like that type of stuff without saying that she's into that. And type she of eventually stuff. gets outed as a nerd. She's right. like, I'm not a nerd. That it would be funny if like he's never met her. And it turns yeah, out to be yeah. Lucas. Like that's what I was like. Is this going to be one of those situations Lucas, where it's Lucas's, Lucas's sister? Lucas's sister was such a treat too. But so we have we have Starcourt. So Starcourt was the whole thing where um, Carrie was uh, being the mayor. You know, shady shit's going on. But we know it's not our government this time. We kind of get the the, the, the right. interesting. That's where we figure out the Russians are involved because of yeah. course the Russians are always fucking involved. The yeah, this is the Red Dawn stuff. <laughs> exactly. The eighties. And then, then that's and they actually make the reference to Red Dawn. And then they too. they actually manage to crack the code. Like yeah. The 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 again Robin, Robin. super <laughs> freaking capable, such a badass. We really did probably get. This is why in my opinion season three is the absolute best out of three by a good. A good I'm, amount. I'm I'm. I'm I'm, I like feel like I, I like I really have to agree with you because to me season three 
I was think firing on all cylinders. It, it really was. And it didn't need, like, because you already knew the stuff from before, like, season one and season two to line it up, like, it just was like, we're freaking punching this to the max. And every side story was great. Yeah. Even the one with Except Nancy Jonathan and Jonathan. And no, Nancy, Nancy and Jonathan. <laughs> we, got some, we got some really good horror. Because yeah, they're yeah. the ones that end up stumbling upon the... I'd probably say their side story was the best one in season three. I'm like, su- like, like, for I, all their seasons, I am surprised like to done. hear that. This is the best one, like, for their side story. No, okay, I, for theirs. I'll, I'll the best of theirs. Yes, the best yes. of theirs. All the best okay. of theirs. I'll agree to that. Like, no, not the other, sorry, not to confuse you with the first one. Right, not out of uh, all the stories that are going on no, no, in no, season no, just, three. Just out of their theirs. story from season one to season especially, two. To season especially yes. when you look season at just the abuse that Nancy had to face against Jake Busey. Because yeah. Jake Busey, just like his dad, is always great at playing fucking nutball asshole characters. Right. But they know, so as we get them, because the thing is, Billy's now the one because the fact that the Russians open up the gate. If so, they allow Shadow Beast, or Shadow. Well, let, let, let's let's in. get into this because we don't we don't necessarily have to break down piece by piece anymore. Yeah. Or this is season three. How did you feel about Billy being the big badass in season three? It made sense because uh, I mean, look, look at the way he was in two. He, they're already ramping him up to be this unstoppable uh, asshole. So for him being the host, I think it made perfect sense. Uh, I I completely agree with you there because of the fact that you know that he's not just going to be. The big bully, like, older, you know, guy in town. Like, he has to do something more. And Even if he is a tool of the the, the big bad, like, and you happen. And you already know, I mean, from what we kind of see in, in season, um, season two and kind of season three, where his dad is an abusive asshole. So, again, you get yeah. that idea of where you, there's more to him. There's not a necessarily justifiable reason for the way he is, but you can kind of understand what puts him that way. And you get a lot more of that again in season three, where you kind of see the flashbacks. Elle's able to peer inside his mind, see his mother. You kind of right. see this more human side of Billy that you maybe not expected to be there. I, I, I want to get to that in a second, though. But t- Tim, like, how did you feel with with obviously Billy coming in as like the big badass? I thought it was a great setup for it. I mean, it added a hell of a lot more depth to the actual story of characters that we already knew. You know, such as Max, as well as... Right, it it was a great arc for her to kind of be more fulfilled. So this is the ultimate question. This is obviously spoilers for for people who haven't watched it. Uh, Realistically, you should be watching that and then coming back to this episode. Or do both, we don't mind. Yeah, you can (laughs) can watch along, you know, it's fine. Sometimes we ramble on so much that you might get through the season. (laughs) So what it comes down to is this. Billy ultimately, you know, gets dunked in the end. Okay, how does it, how did, how, like, did you feel for him? Oh, did you not? Like, did, what, did, did, I thought they did a really great job when they give you that, like, let's tug on your strings. I, I am a sucker for redemption stories. Right. I mean, look at Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock is my favorite Marvel, uh, sorry, comic book character. Yeah. He, he has a huge Get redemption. Get it right. Arc. it's it's Marvel but then also comic but uh no but I mean I I really I really like characters that have redemption arcs because again it it just shows more depth than the average character of oh I I like Superman but he's like I was always good to begin with this is always you don't really see much struggle you don't see much growth because that's kind of how they always are so that's what we get with Billy you don't read enough Superman comics but that's fine (laughs) (laughs) well I can think of some other Marvel characters too but regardless of the point is the idea is again you have you 
you were made to think one way of this character. You're going to finding out that there's so much more to them. They have the chance to go ahead and make up for their mistakes. Right. And and his, his final his final moment, even he be even finally kind of being the good guy. He was even badass right. then. He's like, like this is god awful monster that's pretty much the size of this entire fucking mall, and it's trying to kill everybody. I am going to go ahead and be the last bastion. I'm going to be the one that stands between this and basically everybody getting like fucked. Right. No, no I think they did a great job with that. What, what, what do you think about that, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got, I got sidetracked for a second. He was so in awe about how you described these scenes. And how I you couldn't take it all saying in my mind. Billy, Billy, I was Billy, blowing his mind. Billy went from gold goldar. To, <laughs> to, to literally the, the, the shining light of hope. Okay. Uh, at the very end. To, better, better than Power Rangers. <laughs> yes. He redeemed himself from Power Rangers. I actually have not seen that movie, so I'm just giving it shit for shit's sake. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, I think they did a great job at that. I know I've been kind of repeating that, but I think they did a really good job at, like you said, tugging on the heartstrings, drawing you back in. We want you to hate this guy. We want you not just to hate him. We want you to hate the evil that's behind him. But you know what, though? We want you to remember he's still human. He's a tool. And And he came from literally the worst type of scenario that you could possibly ask for. And this is what he's... You know, has. and he was a great driver for the whole hive mind aspect. Because again, now that you know the the shadow creature doesn't have will anymore, it needs a new host, and its plan has now changed. Instead of I'm going to go ahead and just come all the way through, I kind of can't. So instead, you're going to go ahead and build me a new fleshy body on that side. So you get a lot of great body horror too. Yeah, because you have invasion like, of the body snatcher stuff. Well, not just invasion yeah. of the body snatchers. Uh, also, night of the creeps, or even more recently, slither. Yeah, because the fact mm-hmm. that you have um, it starts off with the rats eating all these chemicals. Because right. then you have the science geeky part of it. It's like, why do you need all these chemicals? Oh, because you can create a new substance. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you have the rats exploding first, which is just oh, it was disgusting. Oh my yeah, god, yeah, there was this was definitely a gruesome season as well. But then you see like the thing with Jake Busey and the asshole boss from the newspaper. How after they get their ass whooped and basically and killed. It's like, okay, well, your, your fleshy body you're useless to me now become gloop and then becomes this horrific eldritch horror, like some Lovecraftian beast oh, that now um, kind of shows up. back on Aliens, by the way. Mouth, mouth, mouth and mouth. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you I go. thought about it. Another one. Good, good assist, Tim. Good <laughs> assist. I appreciate that. Yeah. But we got a lot of body horror and just like really twisted, nasty, horrific creature stuff in this one, too. That was really great. So th- now this is where we're kind of going. We're here. We're at the end, basically, of season three. We know that Billy sacrifices himself. We know that everything's lining up. And then we have the closure of the gate on this side. So do we Do we need to do, like, a moment of silence for Hop? Or no, because Hop he's in fucking dead. Russia! <laughs> <laughs> That's what we... It's probably where he is. Through some, he signed on for season four. For, for, through some kind of shenanigans. Yeah. Instead of getting completely... Uh, obliterated like all the other Russians. That's not okay. Well, they uh, probably got teleported too. But right, right, right. It's basically, very... it's basically an idea off of fucking uh, like uh, Tesla's Tesla coil. Yeah. In transference and like the prestige, all the prestige makes a clone. Yeah. Like this is actual teleportation. Yeah. Like that, because that... The, the very first scene showed them get completely They're disintegrated. Like... But 
No, the, the, yeah, the very first time where they fucked they're, up. They're ripped apart like Dr. Manhattan when he was becoming Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, so yeah. the first time like they did that, they fucked up, that happened. But you're right, the second time, this is probably just like a lot of good superhero films. This was an accident where it actually went right. You're right, it probably teleported them instead of just ripping them apart. So right. first, more like not that. But you still did get that heartstrings pull before we got the after credits scene. Yeah. where like, oh, don't touch the American. Right, right, right. But you were made to believe oh, he got completely obliterated. And that, again, the heartstring. Because then he, he kind of goes back to the hop we all know and love. And then he makes that ultimate badass sacrifice the way he kind of just finally takes out the Russian Terminator. And then, fucking conked his head right off. Yeah. <laughs> and then kind of just looks over to Joyce and just this like, tearful goodbye. And just like, just it's it, it, I, I know this needs to be done. Yeah. Just do it. It's almost like, you know, I'm, I'm finally going to be with my daughter. Let, take care of Val. You know what I mean? Got to do it. And then now it's like this. So it, it leads us to, and I don't mean to like skip over that that quickly, but spot the season four possibilities. We yeah, They're, they've gone MIB international. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> kind of yeah, because I mean the way we're left is Elle's now with uh, Will and Jonathan and Joyce. They've moved to an entirely different state, so I think yeah. that's going to be interesting how they're going to be able to play that off because mm-hmm. they kind of taken that big piece out of the picture. That and the gate is basically implied to be open in Russia. Yeah, exactly. Because so, one of the last things we see is they have a fully grown demigorgon. In Russia. Yeah, Demi-Gorgon Hound. In... So, so, are we getting a new D&D monster this time around? we got Demi-Gorgon, Demi-Gorgon Hound, Mind Flayer. Yeah, the that's, what, that's what they call the... <laughs> that's right, that's what they were calling the Shadow Beast. They're referring to it as the Mind, Mind Flayer. Flayer. Yeah. There's another D&D are, reference. Are getting, enthralling everybody. Are we getting a Turos now? That's probably like... <laughs> if, if season four... Because that, that was the one thing I thought that season I'm just like three... a face of horror that you all cannot see just from Tim <laughs> saying that. Well, it is Russia. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> but that, that I was I was thinking that I'm all like that things are getting bigger and badder and stuff like that. Like, you know, I'm not sure if they really can ramp it up. I mean, L L more likely get her powers back because that's another thing that we get got in the very end. She'll probably meet up with the other people, her other now. Yeah, kids and, now and if they they, they, they want to go ahead and pull up Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, right. like the good one, where they come together and create this force of badassery with all of their different mind powers, that would be cool. Or again, even just some more exploration into that. Yeah, but then, like, if you're going to get something bigger and badder, who's going to stop it? Unless you have that kind of scenario. Right. That's the question. That That's why I looked at it, and I'm all like, ah, oh, like, season three was a great, like, It's going to be kind of hard to follow, really. I think so, too. And I, I'm not one of the writers that are on the show. I mean, that by all means, they can they can rack my brain and, and pay me. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think it is going to be a little bit difficult going into season four, but they may have some masterful plan to end out the eighties. You know what I mean? Um, in hop being T 1000, John Connor, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to put my money that they're going to delve more into the other kids that were experimented on. I really think so. I think that's, a, a proper direction because you're gonna like need backup. Uh, I guess the only thing interesting thing is how the fuck are they all gonna get to Russia or why are they all going to Russia or is Russia School gonna come? Trip. No. Oh my god! <laughs> if, if they do that, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing the whole series away. I'm done. Know, I'm right? done. But it's like, is Russia then gonna come back? Like that's the only thing. That, that's one thing that I felt was really weird about I, ending I, it in Russia that way. Yeah, I know it, it disconnects it a little bit, and it's just basically like. How, how, 
much one of a time jump, two of a possibility of like things really getting bad and changing. Because like this is this is based in our world, just mm-hmm. in the eighties, in like really secretive. I, I really want to kind of wrap this up too in a way that's kind of like D anD D. We'll use a D anD D reference. As you a all D- die as a DM, you you failed your will save. Well, no, no, I was going to oh. say as, as <laughs> that. A, that that will. Yeah. <laughs> no, as a DM, you you've split up the party so much. What way are you going to be able to like conjure up a storyline to kind of bring them all back? Like that, that, that will take a lot of doing because again, you've separated L will will with his spidey um, his spidey sense. You bring <laughs> them back because they have to fight a demi lich. It is done. It is. But, 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 if this but, happens, I hope they're paying you. I know. But, right? but where and how? See, that's again the question's like, if it's in Russia, who the fuck cares? It's in well, Russia. Ultimate, ultimately, what if what if the the the, the, the upside down needs to be right side up? <laughs> what? <laughs> the heavenly plane. <laughs> like, right, that's when the writers start running out of ideas. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I, it's gonna be hell of. Hell interesting. I know that I'm going to have to go in and watch it. So, like, season one and two and three has kind of caught me to the point where it's just like, I love the nostalgia trick. I'm hooked. You know, yeah, you're going to go with it. I know, it does a great job playing off nostalgia, and it's also very great in building a lot of its own thing. Right. So, I think on that note, just like a really bad D&D campaign, we're going to complain off screen and say we all died. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> can we play D now so if you enjoyed this episode be sure to rate review and subscribe and if you're listening to us on one of our many different podcast providers whether it be podbean itunes google play stitcher spotify or just about any place else you can find podcasts you check out our youtube channels we have a lot of great content on there as well and as proud members of the but why though podcast community you can check out our latest episodes on their site along with many other great podcasts and you can follow us on facebook instagram twitter and all the social media down below And if you want to chat with the Ready Comics Roll crew and other rollers, join us on Discord and see where you fit in our party dynamic. And don't forget to follow us over on Twitch for random live streams throughout the week. And if you'd like to throw some Bardic inspiration our way, head on over to our Patreon page and become a supporter today.